Ah, the genius that is Cole Johnson. Welcome to hour two of Snowman in the Morning. Glad to have y'all with us. Uh, Ben Sutterth coming up at the top of this hour, and you know who coming at the bottom of this here hour. Wait a minute, what the? Ah, I didn't do this. That's what I need to do. There we go. I'm sorry for those of you in Baltimore that missed the first hour of the show. I had my device plugged into the wrong station. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> when I was deciding whether or not to push the button, Sick Diggy says, all the while I'm bumping salt and peppers, push it. <laughs> Y'all are some fools today, and I love you all for it. As I mentioned, uh, Ben Sutter on on the way. Uh, Chris Bates on the way at the bottom of the hour. Speaking of the NFL, Victor, this this one's for you. What the hell are the Chicago Bears doing? Because I've gotten argument after argument that they are building something special. You traded for D.J. Moore. Let me say it again. You traded for D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore. That should tell you everything you need to know about the Bears' free agency bids. That should tell you everything you need to know. And I know Victor's going to Victor's going to agree with me. John Zaglul, another dear friend of mine, would say different, and I know he would. But I don't see where the Chicago Bears, I don't see where they made any strides. You know, I'm reading an article right now on ChicagoBears.com. Justin Fields is talent attracting free agents to Chicago. What? Justin Fields' emergence? What? I'm sorry, but I don't see... I see a running quarterback that is doing just that. A running quarterback. Can he actually sling the ball down the field 25 times? Does he have a game this year where he slung the ball down the field 30 times and actually acted like a quarterback? I don't see it. Maybe it's something I've missed. Maybe it's something I'm paying I'm not paying attention to. But Victor, I have to ask this question. You being a Bears fan, what have they done? And I'll ask that in the chat. What the hell have they done? Because the main problem still remains with the Chicago Bears. And the main problem is the fact that you haven't fixed your offensive line. 
more on that later. Or actually more on that now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the owner, the manipulator, and the operator of the BS3 Network, which houses this humble show, Ben Sutter. He joins me right now. Good morning, Ben. Hey, good morning. How's it going? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. I pose this question at the top of the hour, and I'll pose it to you. What the hell have the Chicago Bears done for people to think they're a contender right now? <laughs> uh, off-season moves. That's about it. I mean, the Super Bowl's won in the off-season, right? <laughs> According to a couple of certain fan bases, yes. <laughs> yeah. You, do, it's, do you, you got to do it during the regular season. Exactly. I mean, they signed D.J. Moore. Who the hell is that? <laughs> uh, he he's a good wide receiver piece, but is he uh, is he T.O. is he uh, Michael Irvin is he Jerry Rice? No, no, but he's a piece, and that's the problem. He's a he's a piece, but here's the problem, and it's the problem that the Cowboys are going to face. They haven't solved the biggest hole in their offense the offensive line am i wrong uh no no you're not wrong at all um they've they've pretty much uh solved all the other problems but the o-line is definitely going to be one they're going to have to look at which i'm thinking that's what they're going to draft probably in the first round uh you know if if a guy drops to them but yeah, that that's going to be a deciding factor. Uh, is definitely that old line. So I agree with you there. The offensive line is so important to an offense running the foot running the football. And I'll make this comparison. And I know Cowboy fans are going to get mad at me, but look at San Francisco. Look at how their offensive line came together through the season. True, true. I'll one hundred percent give you that. And I, obviously, McCaffrey. Made a huge difference with him coming. Indeed. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole line is important and people overlook it and they don't think it's as important. Uh, but if your quarterback doesn't have enough time to throw the ball and he's having to run out of the pocket and he's having to uh, figure out where he's going to throw the ball to and he's going to have throwing balls away and getting sacked, uh, a lot of that's on the whole line. It's different when you're des- when you design a play for a quarterback to roll out of the pocket. It's, it's, not the same when a quarterback is scrambling for his life. And through the latter part of the year, Dak Prescott was scrambling for his life. That is, that is true. And the same thing when we're talking about the Bears, the same thing with Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, uh, every game he was running for his life. And, and he, would, he would get a couple of, uh, get a couple of good runs, and, and then he gets sacked, and then he gets sacked again, and then he gets sacked again. And it's just like, can't get any momentum. When you're when you're getting sacks on his now. Let's stay on Justin Fields and let's stay with the Bears for a moment. I'll highlight one game that completely changed the season for the Chicago Bears, and it's the home game against Detroit. They're up twenty-four to ten. Bad PI call notwithstanding. They're up twenty or they're up twenty-four to ten. Didn't it seem to you, Ben, in that game? that they just put it in park and decided not to finish the Lions 
did I miss something or talk talk to me, please? Did I miss something in that game? No, I don't think you missed anything. Yeah, I think they pretty much yeah, put it in park and I think they 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 realize obviously where this season is going and I think they were more so throughout this entire season, you know, fighting to uh to see what Justin Fields is, number one, and number two, see if they uh see if they have the the uh the staff and the and the squad that they need for the future. And I think that's you know what their overall goal was for the season, knowing that they weren't gonna be in the playoff hunt. But why do teams do why why do teams do that? I mean, you're playing to win games. Thank you, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, yeah. You're playing to, you're playing to win games. But it just seems like the Bears and, to a point, the Cowboys didn't give a damn after a while. Am I wrong yeah. in that assessment? You're definitely not wrong there. If you if you look at that uh, that Washington game, yes, they did. They did got the got the crap beat out of them. But at some point, they just look uh, like they didn't care or like this game wasn't important or like we don't have to win. Uh, we're already in the playoffs like that. That type of approach, uh, you cannot win. I don't think you can win in the playoffs with that type of approach. And, it uh, and obviously they lost in the second and it round. in San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. Just, I won't, look at their attitude. Throughout the game, when it was tied six apiece, when it was tied nine apiece, when they took the lead but subsequently missed uh, the extra point, take a look at the body language. Remember the body language in that game for for Dallas? They just looked like, okay, we got the lead. We're in the second quarter. We don't have to do anything else. Our defense can do the rest. Yeah, and I think that's – that's been a mental mentality for these Cowboys since uh, Garrett. When Garrett started, the the mentality seemed like it was let's play for a tie or let's play to get the field goal. Let's not play to actually win. And it showed that they were average. They were about 500 at best during the entire time. I was hoping maybe McCarthy would help to break that off, but it, it still seems like it's a mentality of this organization as a whole is that we don't necessarily have to win. You know, winning is optional. Let's just stay in the game is kind of what the approach has been, it seemed to me, for the longest. And then you look at their their offseason. They're looking to make a splash. Yes, they're looking to make a splash, but they're not looking at the problem that faces them. That's the offensive line. I mean, you already cut Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to sign. He's going to sign elsewhere. Let's let's get to Ezekiel Elliott. The two one two of the teams he named were the Bengals, the the Bengals, the Jets, and the Eagles are the three teams he's named. Does he fit with any of those organizations? I don't think so. I I don't think so either. I mean the the Eagles just signed uh, Rashad Penny. Uh, obviously, they still have uh, Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, what team he really fits with. I think the Bengals and the Cowboys have ties. So there may be, that may be why uh, he's on that list. And the Jets, uh, if they just need a, a short down back, I guess we would be a good addition. But I don't, unless he goes back in the time capsule and he, he becomes Zeke out of Ohio State, I don't see 
him being that big of a contributor besides uh, uh, Mike Allstott on the goal line top of back. And so I don't think he really fits uh, any organization. Uh, maybe he may be good in the locker room, the locker room type guy. But he's really just a, a, a if you need a short yardage, and there's no really short yardage backs. I mean, either you can run the ball or you can't. It's not they don't bring you in just to get a couple yards. I mean, to right. me, that's that's a waste of a roster spot. Speaking of waste of a roster spot, let's go back to Chicago. David Montgomery has been with the Bears uh, six years now, and only one of those six years was successful. That, of course, was 2018. Why are the Bears so hesitant? And I mean very, very hesitant to make David Montgomery their feature back again. I don't know. That's a good question. But I would say a lot of teams do not like to have a featured back. A lot of teams want to running back by committee because if that running back gets half of the touches that he would get if he was the full-time, you know, horse, then, you know, that limits their opportunity uh, throughout the season to be able to play. And that's what I see. I I foresee most teams doing that because the the running back position is not valued at all. That's the reason why, you know, guys sign – that, that one contract and then that second contract is either hard to get or they can't fulfill it because it's one of the hardest positions and, and I think most disrespected positions in the game at this point. So the Bears are probably just looking to, to add probably one, two other backs to, to make it more, you know, more of a committee. And that's that's horrible to me that the running back position – is so disrespected. It's so dis and David Montgomery is now with the Detroit Lions. So they're building a running back stable. We all know what uh what we have in San Francisco. I think those are the only two teams, maybe Philadelphia, that focus on running the football. I can't say Kansas City does, Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Yeah. But why why is running the football, and I know Victor's going to love this question, why is running the football so disrespected now when it was once treasured? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the, the players of, of old, Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, I think they just had a different type of uh, grit because they, I mean, they ran the ball 30 times a game uh, and it was it was it was nothing. You didn't you didn't think about who was the backup or who was the who was the second guy. Nobody knew who the second guy was. I didn't know who the second guy was. At least you know, back in the 49ers days, you had Ricky Waters, you had uh, Roger Craig. I don't remember mm-hmm. a lot of those other guys. They had fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Right, that was that was another interesting part of it. But the fullback spot has now pretty much been abolished. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, so. I think it's a lot more, and the game's not even more physical. So right. that's a really good question. I don't know what what is the the difference between now and the past, uh, but I do think as we as we evolve as a society, we think we're smarter, and we think that we can we can eliminate injuries, and that's just mm-hmm. not the truth. It's football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guys are going to get injured regardless. I don't care what how many snaps they get, how many rushes they get. If they get hit. One op one time, it could you know cause a concussion or or, or worse. So yeah, I think we're just trying to get we're trying to get too 
cute with it. Uh, it, it's too cute with it. I love it. Victor says, I'm calling it now. The Detroit Lions will be the team to watch in the NFC North. I tend to agree. I don't trust the Vikings. I sure as hell don't trust the Packers. We all we all know what's going on in their offseason. And we don't know what's going on in Chicago. So if there's a team to watch in the NFC North that could sneak up and win the division, it's Detroit. Yeah, and, and Detroit, uh, towards the end of the season, they were playing well. Very I mean, they well. were in they were in quite a few games. Uh I don't I don't necessarily agree with the with the quarterback that they have, but mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna probably figure that out. Um, uh, but I think they got a they got a good coach that and the players play for him. So yeah, they're definitely gonna be in the mix. And I, I agree with you. You can't trust any of those other teams. So they definitely got a shot, you know, to make some noise. Quick prediction out of the NFC West, because I know a lot of NFC West cohorts have come to me saying, What are you all gonna do with your quarterback situation? I said, We have our guy. He just has to heal and he's gonna throw the ball. In, in, in three months, and he's going to be the same quarterback that he was when nobody expected him to do anything. Of course, I'm talking about San Francisco. I'm talking about Brock Purdy. Until uh, Unless the 49ers completely collapse at the quarterback position, I don't see anyone I don't see anyone beating him in the NFC West. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I, I don't think those other teams are, are going to be in, in the position uh, to be able to 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 uh, you know get over the the 49ers and they've they've been there they're always in the mix I don't care what anybody else says they always are there because I think a lot of it is coaching and yes. I just think that you know able, he's able to coach the players that he has he's not trying to force them to do something that they can't do right he coaches them and gives them the best opportunity. And I think that's why they're in the mix every single year, which they'll be in the mix next year. And of course, they got that number one defense. Oh yeah, led by, oh, led yeah. by Nick Bosa, and now um, Steve Wilkes is now coaching them. And I said this when they made the hire: if y'all thought the 49ers defense was ferocious under Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryan's, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, I, I agree, and and. Uh, and Wilkes has been in the league for a while at a head coaching position. So yeah, he definitely knows. And I think that was that was a great hire. And and shout out to Namiko Ryans. Yes. And the job he did. Um and there and the thing with the 49ers too is that the coaching staff is gonna be a revolving door because mm-hmm. there's always gonna be an opportunity. If your team's winning, and obviously if you're the head coach can vouch for you. Uh, that organization is going to have coaches coming in and out, and that's not yep. be that's not a bad thing, you know. Mike McDaniel going to yep. Miami, Robert Sala to New York Jets, D'Amico Ryan's now to Houston. It's it's like you see a coaching tree forming right before your eyes, and no one wants to acknowledge it. Right, right. That's true. Very true. Ben Sutter the third joining us here as we talk football on this Football Friday, presented by Fanatics. Let me. I said no one would touch the 49ers in the West. I said it last year, and they went they went six and zero in the West. Why do people not believe that? Even though we lost a lot of free agents, we signed a few in key positions. Uh, once again, key positions, and it just seems like they're positioning themselves 
to make a draft choice of a couple of offensive linemen to shore up that to shore up that depth. And we're talk, we we talked offensive linemen the whole time. How come the 49ers get it right and teams like the Bears and the Packers and others get it wrong when it comes to their offensive line? Yeah, I don't think they 100% uh, value it. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's the thing. But also, it's it's a uh, it, it's how you evaluate talent. And some teams just are not good at it. I mean, that's, that's, that's really a, a major part of it is that you just can't evaluate talent well mm-hmm. or you think, you know, you're, you may not have a good scouting department. But I think when it, when it comes to uh, the 49ers, traditionally they've been a good team that, that's drafted well with the O-line. You know, we, we can go back to the, to the old school days. Yes. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the coaches with, uh, with Harbaugh and then you look at right now with Shanahan, uh, they've just been able to, to, uh, to draft well. Uh, they've been able to, you know, free agent signings and trades. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the other part. A lot of teams can't do – don't do those three. And uh, the Cowboys is a prime example. They'll do the draft. And this year is a little bit different. They did make some trades. Uh, they, they're a little hesitant in free agency. Mm-hmm. But you can't be hesitant. If you know there's a talented offensive lineman, do your best to sign him or trade for him or whatever it may be. And the 49ers are not afraid. And I think that's, that's another reason why they've, they've been uh, so successful. Cole Johnson now joins us, and I'll come to you. I'll pose the same question that I posed to Ben. How come teams, when it comes to evaluating offensive line talent, we've seen it the last, we've seen it every year under Coach Shanahan, and we saw it early on with Coach Bill Walsh and later George Seifert, and later, as Ben said, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Why does it seem that the 49ers get it right with the offensive line, where other teams you would expect to get it right, Chicago Bears, I'm looking at you, Dallas Cowboys, I'm looking at you, Get it wrong. Well, it all comes down to philosophy. I mean, in my opinion, you draft certain types of offensive lines depending on the style of offense you want to run. Right. For for instance, if if you have a quarterback like a Lamar Jackson, you want to draft athletic offensive linemen. Right. Uh, if you have uh, an offense like what, you know, what the now retired Tom Brady would run, you would pro- pretty much you would want beef. Mm-hmm. You'd want you want those who could pass protect and basically are like trees, and that you know that you can't push them down, you can't push them aside. Mm-hmm. With running games, you want a little bit of both. You want a little bit of athleticism, and you want a little bit of a little bit of stalwartness. Yeah. And and I think with running offenses, you also need to have a little intelligence because mm-hmm. you got to read things too. You got to read where uh, where defensive lines and defensive linemen are going to go, mm-hmm. and then wherever they go, you dictate where they go, and it's sort of like you're you're reading on the fly. So when you have a, a team like the Forty ers you basically have Literally, you basically have five quarterbacks on the offensive line where they have to read, okay, so we want to run a sweep. Okay, so we want to have a def- we want to have the defensive lineman on a nose tackle uh, 
cut to the left because mm-hmm. we're going to the right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll so you know so we'll you know we we won't probably put force on him, but we'll guide him in that direction. Yeah. Or if you have a a, a guy who's who's pass blocking in that and pa- pass rushing at that uh, that spot from the from the edge, and he probably is going to read it, then you have to f- show force and get him out the way. True. So. Yeah, so to me, it depends on the lines. And with the 49ers, you basically have five quarterbacks on the offensive line. Ben Sutter joining us here this morning, as he does every Friday at the top of Hour 2. Ben, thank you so much, my man. Love you very much. Thanks for your time. Yep, definitely. And uh, as we always do Friday, uh, we have Cole Johnson with Cole Sports with a Z at uh, 2 p.m. Central. And then we got Poppy J and Wise. Uh, Hopefully, I I know... uh, Wise isn't on today, but uh, we'll have that later on today at 8 p.m. Central, BS3 Network, BS3 TV on Roku. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. Thanks, man. Ben. All right. Peace. Give me a few minutes here that uh, I have to I, – I promised my baby girl, Cheyenne, who is going through a very difficult time, that uh, I said, never fear, Pops is here. So for those of you watching – if you can help uh, Cheyenne get home uh, from Los Angeles, it would be much appreciated. The GoFundMe is out there. I'm going to continue to post the daylights out of it and mine today. ID you need is a uh, website you need. I beg your pardon. Is GoFund.me slash 509-DEE-0-E. That's 509-DEE-0-E. 